his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Drive Time with DeRussia. Jason is off. Sitting in, I'm Dave Schrader here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Since we began today's show discussing fun and fascinating facts about the holiday season, I thought it would be interesting to discuss some strange and interesting places hidden in plain sight right here in our great state of Minnesota. Did you know that Judy Garland, famous for the classic Wizard of Oz, was from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and they have a museum dedicated to Judy along with the home that she spent her first four years of life in. And uh, there's a lot of really cool artifacts and pieces that they have there, including a special pair of ruby red slippers that were used in the movie and just recently returned to the museum after being stolen nearly 20 years ago. We also have the Museum of Quackery and Medical Frauds in St. Paul. The Wabasha Street Caves are home to tales of gangsters, ghosts, and more. The gravestone of Paul Bunyan is in Kelleher a town that even boasts the fact that they have the official death certificate. Then there's a museum dedicated to spam. Well, the food-like substance. I'm very cautious with how I say that. Not the junk mail on your computer. Jordan, Minnesota has the largest candy store. Darwin, Minnesota shows off the world's largest ball of twine. There's a statue of Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees at the bottom of a lake in Crosby, Minnesota. And speaking of statues, Bemidji also has Paul Bunyan and Babe, the blue ox. Belgrade has the world's biggest crow. And Minneapolis has a large blue uh, rooster right here in our town. Washburn Park Water Tower is a site and location that looks like it belongs in medieval Europe, not in Minneapolis. And there's a mysterious stone with Viking writing that has been perplexing the state for decades with its meaning and mind-boggling history and that's right in Alexandria, Minnesota, in a museum you can visit. It's the Kensington Runestone. We're here to dig into those last two with my first guest in this hour. Scott Walter is uh, with us, and uh, he is my go-to guy when it comes to interesting facts. He is a forensic geologist, a TV personality, and more, and a good friend of mine. Thank you for being here again with me, Scott. Dave, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about these. But I got to say, Jason Voorhees at the bottom of a lake? I never knew that. Yeah, see, it pays to know me too, Scott. You don't know all the secrets <laughs> of Minnesota. You can go That's visit awesome. and uh, see him chained to the bottom of the lake like he was in one of the uh, Friday the 13th movies. So, see? Yeah, I, I remember that. That's awesome. Well, that's a fun fact I never knew. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of fun facts, I'm out, uh, Dan, one day driving and, and hanging out with my buddy, 
Scott, and first he takes me over to see this gorgeous mural of Prince that sure. I did not know existed. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, hey, Dave, how'd you like to see something really special? And I'm like, yes, let's do this. And he goes, I want to take you over to the Washburn Water Tower. And I'm like, wow, that sounds incredibly boring. Let's go. (laughs) And we pull up, and there is this kind of beautiful structure built that, had I not been taken there to look at, would have missed entirely. Have you ever ever heard of this? I have not, no. It's it's pretty remarkable. Can we start there and talk a little bit about the Washburn Park Water Tower and – like I said, it looks like it belongs in medieval Europe. What's it doing in, in Minneapolis? <laughs> well, it is it is an amazing uh, structure, and it's hidden in a little place called Tangletown. And it's called Tangletown because the roads that you know lead up to where this water tower is, it's on a high prominent spot. Um, they don't really go in a north-south, east-west direction. You, you have to drive around, and if you don't know where you're going, you can – you can completely miss it. But then, you know, if you do know where you're going and you pull up, it's like all of a sudden this beautiful, majestic tower just appears. And it's made of concrete. And um, encircling it, it's octagonal in shape, eight. And that's a very important number to certain traditions, like the Knights Templar. And there are eight Templar knights holding their swords that are guarding the water tower, guarding the life-giving water, right? And then above it, there are, and this is all made out of precast concrete, and up, up above, there are eight eagles that sort of stand perched, looking out over the horizon, you know, guarding this tower. And it, it doesn't seem to make any sense. The architecture is completely unique. It was actually designed by uh, an architect by the name of Harry Wild Jones, who lived just a couple of blocks down the street from where the tower is now. And what's really interesting is when I was digging into this thing a while back, I found out that Harry Wild Jones was a Freemason. And he was also very good friends with another guy whose name escapes me at the moment. But there was actually a tunnel that led underground connecting the two homes. Now, I know that begs a lot of interesting questions and speculation. I don't know what that was about. But I do know that um, one day I pulled up uh, to, you know, I was driving in the area. That a guy was mowing his yard in the old house where Harry used to live. And I asked him about the tunnel and he said, yeah, it's still there, but it's blocked off. So you can, you can wonder about that all you want, but um, that's a fact. Scott Walter, thing- are you trying to tell me in a roundabout way that hidden in Minneapolis is the final resting place of King Arthur and the Ark of the Covenant? I didn't say that. That's pure speculation on your part. <laughs> Maybe at least the uh, seven herbs and spices from, from the colonel's recipe? You know, that's actually believable. But yeah. that arc thing, not so much. Not so no, much, no. All right. Yeah. One more fun fact that's sure. interesting about the power is uh, my father was an airline pilot. He flew for Northwest Airlines, and the Washburn Water Tower is one of the sighting points for planes that are coming into Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport uh, along the, you know, from the western side of the city. And they use the water tower as their last line of sight before they hit the runway. So if you go out there, if you stand there for more than five minutes, a plane is going to fly over. 
And, uh, you know, my dad is no longer here, but I have to sit and speculate and wonder. Dad must have looked at that water tower, you know, a thousand times. He flew for 25 years, but he never said a word about to me. I'm a little disappointed. Well, maybe he was unaware of the importance of this. And it's just available. People can go up and walk around it, see it, take photographs oh, yeah. with it. It's gorgeous. It's so it, beautifully it made. But why why that specific spot? I know you're you know a lot more than you let on to me. So is there a specific reason why that place is so important? Ley lines? Well, I fairy you know, tunnels. I, what do you know? I I can neither confirm or deny anything that I'm about to tell you, but um <laughs> It is a it, well. First and foremost, geographically, right. it is you know the highest spot in the area. And even if you're driving on Crosstown uh, between Lindale and 35W, if you look to your left, if you're driving driving east, you can see it. So it's a geographic high high spot. But I will say this: um, according to a tradition that I happen to be a part of, I know that in other parts of the world. Things like water towers or statues or prominent, you know, um, things that occur in cities that everybody sees and they walk around and they hardly pay any attention to because they see it all the time. Some of these places, there are very important things hidden inside of them, and they sort of fall under that category of hidden in plain sight. Now, I'm not saying there's anything in the Washburn water tower. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there's no water in there anymore. So could it be? So you and I should go out there with our uh, metal detectors and uh, a drill to see if we can start working our way in from underneath the water tower? <laughs> Dave, we would never do A little like national treasure on. action? What do you think, Scott Walter? <laughs> Well, I'm willing to try if you are. Let's let's go for it. What do you say? I'm I'm excited about it. We we do have to take a break in a few seconds. We'll come back and discuss the Kensington Rune Stone, or as some of the enlightened listeners refer to it as the Rube Stone, or the fake that is known as the Kensington Rune Stone. Been proven oh. many times over that it's a fake. We'll talk about that when we return. Scott Walter, our special guest, right here on Drive Time with the Russia. I'm Dave Schrader on News Talk 830 WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Walter. He is my most famous reindeer, and his nose glows and shows us the way to the truth. Well, at least that's my thought. Not always the thought of the people looking into these things. The Rube Stone, the fake Kensington Rune Stone. There are a lot of claims that this Rune Stone that we have up in Minnesota is nothing more than shenanigans. 
But if only there was somebody I knew that was an actual professional forensic geologist, a, a host of shows like America Unearthed, Secrets of the Viking Stone, Pirate Treasures of the Knights Templar. Uh, oh, I do. It's Scott Walter, my guest. Scott, welcome back. Uh, let's talk about the Kensington Rune Stone and its sordid history and magic allure and uh, where people can see it here in the Twin Cities or in the uh, Minnesota area. Oh, boy, that's a loaded one, Dave. Um, you know, I think we should first tell people the Kensington Runestone <clears throat> was found by a Swedish immigrant farmer named Olaf Oman, um, who was clearing trees in preparation for, <clears throat> for farming on his 100-acre parcel up near Kensington, Minnesota, which is about 15 miles west southwest of Alexandria, about a two-hour drive from the cities. And you know, when this thing first came out of the ground, it was very interesting that the very first person to look at it was a scholar at the University of Minnesota named Olas Breda. And, you know, here we are over, you know, 125 years later, looking back on the history of what happened. And it was really tragic because essentially what this guy did is he looked at it and he couldn't make heads or tails out of it. Um, he was able to decipher a little bit, but he eventually concluded, well, I don't know what this thing is. I can't figure it out. I'm a scholar. I'm the expert here. And if I can't figure it out, there must be something wrong. So he concluded that it was a fake. Wait a minute. Now, There's ego involved in this field? Wait, stop it. Stop it. Did what? I say that? No, I'm I implying it. it. <laughs> well, no, but, you know, I, I guess if, if I had to say, and, you know, I've done a lot of work on the Runestone. I've written four books, including one that's 574 pages that goes down every rabbit hole you can imagine on this artifact. And I can tell you now, Dave, that just about everything you've ever heard about the runestone, all the rumors are, are false. They're just not correct. And, but, and, and what I've concluded is that when I looked at the history of the investigations, really the issue was problems of the human condition. Ego, you brought it up right there. In this case, this guy clearly didn't know what he had. He didn't want to say the magic words, I don't know. The easiest thing for him to do was dismiss it and claim that it was a hoax. But what happened was that set a very important precedent within academia. And having dealt with academia for a long time in certain disciplines, one thing you do not do is step on the toes of your predecessors or your colleagues. And really, this was part of the problem. It wasn't the whole problem, but it was it was a big part of it. And at the end of the day, for me, it boiled down to the geology, to the rock. And the rock, after doing a weathering study, after comparing the weathering of the inscription with um, tombstones with known age, the rock told me that it was old. Now, Dave, I'm going to tell you something that's a little bit shocking. But I trust rock. I don't trust some people because rocks don't what? have ego. They don't have agendas. They don't care. They just are. All right. I respect that. Okay. I respect so, that. So the runestone told me it was real. The rock said it was real. Therefore, everything in that inscription, because it's dated 1362, must be consistent with that time period. So what I did in from 2003 to 2005, after I wrote my report and I was roundly criticized, and I asked people at the time, I said, look, 
I'm a human being. I make mistakes. If I made a mistake, point it out. Where in my report did I make a mistake? Well, I didn't make a mistake. They just didn't like the result because it's a fake. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've said, well, tough hop. Sometimes life doesn't go your way. And let me, if I can just say this for the detractors out there, yeah, yeah. just something to consider, that it was a, a handful of years ago, like within the last 50 years, that a doctor came forward and said, you know, I think ulcers are a bacterial issue that we can treat with antibiotics. I don't think they're actual holes in the stomach. I don't think it's necessarily from the acid. And he was laughed out of medical conventions. They laughed him out of his career. And lo right. and behold, about 10 years later, you know what they found out? That the Kensington bacterial. runestone held the no, that it was actually a bacterial <laughs> infection that could be treated with antibiotics. Science makes mistakes. Yes, well, you know, and I, you know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far, but the bottom line is, is that logic is 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 really important when you're doing forensic investigations, and that's what I do for a living, and I'm actually pretty good at it. But the logic is clear, okay? If this runestone is real. The rock told me it was real. I went over to Sweden five times and I found everything, the language, the runes, the dialect, the grammar, the dating, because it had to be there because the rock said so. Of course, all that did was piss off the academics even more. But, you know, that's not my problem. That's their problem. But the other thing that's true is if this is real, somebody carved it. They came from someplace over in Europe and they came over here to the center of the continent for some reason. And that's what I've spent the last 23 years investigating. And I think I have the answers to all of those questions. But the bottom line for people in Minnesota that live here to understand is that the Kensington Runestone is arguably the most important historical artifact in the history of this continent, certainly in the history of this country, because it's directly related to the people who founded this country we now call the United States of America. The Kensington Runestone is a land claim, a very complex land claim. It was found on the North-South Continental Divide. Nobody else has ever brought that up. Nobody ever bothered to look because it was a fake. But when you investigate the Kensington Runestone, everything fits as it must if it is authentic and true. And here's the other dirty little secret about forensics. You ready for this, Dave? Bring it on. If we have voluminous evidence, which we do, in multiple disciplines, geology, language, runes, dialect, grammar, dating, history of the 14th century, history of the late 19th century when it was found, all of it is consistent with authenticity. How can there possibly be evidence to support the contrary? It can't exist, and it doesn't exist. Everything you've ever heard negative about the runestone is either not true or somebody's opinion that isn't supported with facts. So there's the no truth to the fact that on the reverse side of the stone it says drink more Ovaltine? Uh, yeah, sure, but, <laughs> but we digress, right? right? It's funny how people can jump onto silly trends like that and, well, I read it online, so I know that this is false and, and Scott's just trying to sell a book. Uh, it's crazy. Instead of looking at the science of a situation, it would be much easier to take somebody's word that wrote about it on the interwebs. Well, unfortunately, that's what happens. And, you know, this is a, a much deeper well and, a, and there's a much deeper discussion that can be had. But the bottom line is this, folks. 
we should be proud as hell of the Kensington Runestone. I mean, if you if you really dig deep, you know, there is no evidence to support it. Olaf Oman, you know, was playing a joke. Playing a joke on who? <laughs> what, the learned? What act did he grind, have to grind with, with academics? But at the end of the day, that's not evidence. That's right. somebody's opinion. And, but what's amazing is that people are persuaded by personal um, arguments, right. by, by things about people, and they forget sometimes to strip away that stuff, look at the facts, and when you do that, it stands tall and proud, and it is it should be the first thing that people see when they walk into the Capitol down in St. In, uh, in Paul, because it is the most important historical artifact, certainly in Minnesota and arguably in in our nation. And and that's it, Dave. I, I, game, set, match. All right. And it's not in St. Paul at the state capitol, but you can go visit it in a museum, which also shows other interesting artifacts and histories from in and around the area. It's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours from the Twin Cities. Take a drive. Learn a little bit more about these secret places. Scott, we have to go. I'd love to have you back in the future and discuss more strange and unusual secrets of Minnesota. Would you do that with me? I would love to, Dave. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's only the beginning. we got a lot of great stuff here in Minnesota. We just need to clue people in. Fantastic. You can check out scottwalteranswers.blogspot.com for more information, and he will communicate back and forth with you there. You can also check out his book at hookedx.com. That's H-O-O-K-E-D-X.com. We will take a break. We'll come back with more of Drive Time with DeRussia right here on News Talk 830-WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.